God's words bring life. Amen. And that's why we teach the word of God. We don't teach man's opinion. We don't teach psychology. We don't teach pop science. We teach the word of God. Because the word of God brings us life. So if you have your Bibles, uh, why don't you turn to Isaiah chapter 55. And uh, if you want to just read the words on the screen, they'll be there as well. Isaiah chapter 55, we're going to look at verses 1 through 11. I, I changed this message as I was going through over the previous weeks. God kind of shifted and changed it as I was going along. And it got to this week, like I said, on Thursday morning. And um, we were sharing the gospel with people. People were listening. And people were, you know, lighting up, it felt like. It's almost like you could see in the episode people lighting up. And that's what happens when the word of God comes to us. And so I want to read this because it talks all about what, what I'm talking about right now. So Isaiah 55 from verse 1, it says these words, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? your labor for that which does not satisfy. Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear to me. Come to me. Hear that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, that he will abundantly pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as high as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower, bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Amen. Great words. Some of my favourite places in the scripture, some of my favourite words in the whole Bible. Because it talks to us about the grace of God. And what you notice right at the start of this area of scripture is God's invitation. If you want to leave the scriptures up just from the the first section, Joe, just so everyone can see. It says, come, everyone who's, who thirsts, come and buy without price. So it's talking about the grace of God. It's talking about an invitation to come into his presence and to experience his grace. And we don't earn his grace. You see, it's by grace through faith that we're saved. It's by grace through faith that we come into relationship with God. And this is the gospel. You know, some people think that the Old and the New Testament have a different message or a different emphasis. But 
The whole message of the Bible is one big message, one big story. It's the gospel. And the response to the gospel, Old Testament or New Testament, is the same. That we need to come to God's unmerited favour and receive it. Incline our ears to him that our souls may live. So this isn't just about our, our lives or just our general happiness in this life. This is about our soul. And God satisfies the inner parts of our soul. God satisfies and brings life to every part of us. Amen? And that's what he's talking about. He's saying, you, you see these words come by wine and milk, all these kind of things that we enjoy in our physical bodies, right? And God's saying, in your spirit, through inclining your ears to me, your soul may live and your soul will be satisfied on the, the goodness and the grace that I freely offer to you. That's what he's saying in Isaiah 55. As you know, just a short while before this, in the book of Isaiah, or the scroll of Isaiah, is Isaiah chapter 53. And this is when the sufferings of Christ are foretold to us ahead of time. Of course, the book of Isaiah was written hundreds of years before Jesus came, over 500 years before Jesus was born. And yet it accurately predicts and of course foretells the sufferings of Christ and tells us that he will, he will be chastised, he'll be punished for our sins. But then, he will then see the light of life and be satisfied. That's the resurrection. That's the resurrection. And then, this righteous servant, the suffering servant, will then justify many and bring them into a new covenant. And then, moving on from Isaiah 53, through chapters 54 and 55, it talks about how we will enter into the new covenant. And of course, it talks here in the scripture about David. I will make with you an everlasting covenant for David. Think, well, what's David got to do with it? Well, David was promised that he would have a king in his lineage, in his dynasty, on the throne for all time over God's people. Who is that king? Jesus. Who brings us into the new covenant? Jesus. So this is another reference to Jesus and the covenant that we're brought into. In 1 Peter chapter 1, it talks about how the gospel was preached to us through the prophets. And in 2 Peter chapter 1, it talks about how the writers of the Hebrew Bible, the, the prophets, were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so message of the gospel has been coming not just from the New Testament time but from long before and the response before Christ and in the time after Christ ascended the invitation is still the same. Come on, I want to read the next part to you where it says this Seek the Lord while he may be found Call upon him while he is near When we're on the streets on Thursday I was saying to a young couple about 18 and um, I was really pleading with them really to, 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 to find out more about Jesus and they, they were saying why would God allow these bad things to happen, why would, if God's so good why would he allow these bad, and that is the question right, that's the question that we all struggle with and I was saying well the answer is that Jesus suffered and Jesus knows, Jesus is aware Okay, now sometimes we think, well, why, you know, God isn't aware of our suffering. He knows. He can sympathize with it. But not only that, 
in this life, though we'll have trouble, He has overcome the world. And when we're in Him, we overcome as well. We become overcomers. So though we suffer, and though God doesn't really want you to suffer, right? It's not, it's not like you woke up one day and said, I just hope that you suffer. It's not like that. We live in this world that is sin-stained and fallen, and things go wrong. Things have gone wrong. But God is bringing about a new heaven and a new earth. Amen. Come on, someone you've got glory to He is bringing us into the covenant. Our soul can be aligned in a peace with Him. A peace with Him in this life. And our soul, when we die, we will go to be with Him. If we seek the Lord while He is near. We live in the window, we live in the season, the era of grace. One day when Jesus comes again with His kingdom, that will be the end. There will be no chance after that. We've had the time, we've had the chance, we've heard the gospel, not just for 2,000 years, but since the start of time, since Adam and Eve, they heard the gospel. Your seed shall crush the serpent. It's been there from the beginning. I feel the anointing today. You see, not only does God invite us into righteousness, he's the righteous one of Israel, he says here. But it says, let the wicked forsake his way. So as we turn to the righteous God that he is, the God of Israel, Yahweh, in turning to him, the righteousness of God, we turn from unrighteousness. Let the wicked forsake and just put it down and leave it and never go there again. In Colossians chapter 3, it talks about how we are to put away and, and strip off the evil nature that once dominated our lives. To put off the flesh and its passions and to put on the new nature, this is Colossians chapter 3, which is being made in the image of the Creator God. And then you see in the scripture how God says that he will abundantly pardon. So we can't expect to just say, I'll keep my sin, I'll have God. No. You come to God and he not only forgives you of those things, but he gives you grace never to go back to those things. The amazing thing about the new covenant, as you read in places like the book of Ezekiel, the book of Jeremiah, is that he will write his law in our hearts. So you know when you became a Christian, you actually had new desires. Do you know that? You have new spiritual desires to not want to sin. Sin repulses you, or at least it should. And as you abide in God's presence and his word, it changes you. You heard today about John and the, his, his, his granddaughter and the, the, her boyfriend, about how he is just changed. He's different, and he's not wanting to go to those things. I remember... Jeff, your testimony that actually one of the big things that changed for you was that God cleaned your mouth. Praise God. You know, and that is a, a wonderful thing and the desire for it is not there as strong as it maybe once, once was along with other things that once gave you pleasure. You know, and I'm not just picking on you, Jeff. I'm just saying that all of us, when we were born again, though the sinful nature is there, we have crucified the sinful nature, along with all its passions, and we've died to those things, 
and we now we're raised to new life in Christ. That is the new covenant that Jesus, that the book of Isaiah foretold. And then, of course, you see in the scripture where God says these words, for my thoughts are not good thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. Now, the way I typically read that is that God is infinitely higher, isn't he? He's infinitely higher and greater than, than us. You know, we have finite human beings and he's God Almighty. But when you read it in the flow of the context of this, what I believe God is saying here is that he is saying, let the uh, wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Okay, So forsake the wicked ways and forsake the wicked thoughts. And then he goes and say, my, you need to, I believe God's saying, you need to embrace my ways and thoughts. But my ways are not your ways, neither are my thoughts your thoughts. So if I believe in the context of this scripture, God is actually saying, I want my ways to be your ways. I want my thoughts to be your thoughts. What does the word of God say? Be holy, for I am holy. Why are we good? Because God is good. You know, why are we, why are we compassionate and forgiving? Because God is good. We have a new nature, spiritually, when we're born again of the Spirit of God, that is made in the image of the Creator God. And so, yes, God is always going to be infinitely higher and greater, but I believe, well, maybe not everyone would agree with me, to be honest, but I believe that God is saying, in the context of this, I want your thoughts to be my thoughts. Now, I've talked about how God's words give life to us. And so when we hear the word of the gospel, we respond to it, we experience life. But how we continue to experience God's spiritual life in our hearts, in our lives, is through encountering the word of God and continuing to encounter the word of God. The written word of God and the rainbow word of God. And God speaks a spiritual word to us. Bring, it makes us come alive. And so in verse 10, it says, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth, bringing, sorry, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sow and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth, and it shall not return to me empty. And so the rain, it comes down on the earth, doesn't it? Huge clouds full of tons of water just suspended in the air. And then at the right moment, it comes down waters the earth and brings life to the earth. But just like physical water brings life to a physical world, so God's word brings spiritual life to us. And often it's a slow process. You know, when you're growing things in your garden, well, it's a slow process sometimes, right? But it's a slow and gentle process. And I believe God's saying that. And I'm, you know, sometimes when we think about rain in England, it's not a good thing, is it? You know, when we say it's bad weather out there, what you mean is, it's been raining. It's, it's horribly cold, right? But if you're in an ancient Near Eastern context, okay, the land of the Bible, rain is a good thing. Because rain on an arid land is exactly what you need. And if you don't have rain, you're going to starve. You're gonna, people are going to die because you don't have rain. Think about uh, the, prophet, the prophet Elijah. When God wanted to, well, God judged the nation of Israel when they turned their back on him 
and fell into idolatry, fell into sinfulness. He stopped the rain for three years. And the prophets were silenced as well because of Jezebel. So you can see the link, the connection between the word and the rain. Okay. And what happened when Elijah came and confronted the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel in 2 Kings? When Israel sought to return to the Lord, the rain came and saturated the land again that was dry and arid. If you have a garden that's dry and arid, you're grateful for the rain. If you are a farmer and you have a dry and arid land, you're grateful for the rain. And God is saying this, are you thirsty for the rain? Are you ready to receive the rain? Come, and if you're thirsty, if you're hungry, if you're dry, if you're arid, I have the, I have the answer. And that's why we need to read God's word, speak God's word, listen to God's word. And over time, that slow and gentle process of God's word will bring forth life in you. And as I close, I want to tell you a story that I heard a few years ago. There's a preacher that I know, um, and he, for a time, was called to Argentina to, to preach the gospel there. And at one particular point, he was in Argentina. He was in this town, this very remote town, just completely cut off, and it hadn't rained there for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it was super hot, and everything was dry and arid. And this town had a lot of social issues. I won't go into details of exactly what, but just use your imagination. It wasn't, it wasn't a good town to be in. It was a small population as well. And was, this preacher that I know was like, why am I even here? You know, It was just this kind of dead place. But he knew that God had called him there. And he was preaching the gospel, and people were responding. And the last person that he prayed for was this woman who was, had a bit of a reputation, that's the way he explained it. And she actually had a, an issue with her spine, she actually had a scoliosis of the spine, a curved spine. And he prayed, shared the gospel, and it was the last person he was praying, going to be praying for, because he was literally getting on this truck to go out there at that point. And so she was kind of a last minute, you know, come forward, I need prayer for the person, right? Imagine. And he prayed for her, and he puts his hand on her, and she falls out with the power of God, face down. And God, and as he's ministering to other people, he looks over, and her, she has an open back top, okay? And her spine goes straight under the skin. And he's told that story twice to me, and I don't disbelieve him, but I believe it's completely true. And as they were leaving on that truck to get out of there, the rain clouds came. The rain clouds came, and God saturated that place in torrential rain. The spiritual and the physical were matching God. So I just feel like maybe some of you today, maybe you're hungry, maybe you you feel dry and arid and, and thirsty. Man will not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The rain will saturate your heart. So I want to encourage you to continue to be in God's word, to love it, to know that it's your life source, the spirit and the word together.